0: This week's episode, Why Brandon is Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Uh, It's a multi-part. It's a multi-parter. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of our new podcast. I'm John Kehayas.
1: And I'm Brandon Anderson.
0: We're both PhDs in physics. Uh, we met in grad school in Santa Cruz, California. Since then, I was working as a postdoc doing research in physics in Tokyo and more recently
1: in Nashville. And I just finished a four-year postdoc in Stockholm. Uh, in general, we're going to be talking about whatever we find interesting, whether it be physics, sci-fi, music, movies even. Today is a, an example of the last one. We're going to talk about the 2012 film Prometheus by Ridley Scott which is a prequel to Alien Covenant, which has just come out.
0: So what's the, what's the premise? What's the trailer like? I haven't seen anything about it.
1: It's kind of reminds me of 2, you know, where you have like a colonist situation mm-hmm. and they land on some planet where obviously there are aliens and then they all get killed. <laughs> I see.
0: What is this supposed to take but, place in the, I mean, where is this, where's the new one supposed to take place in,
1: timeline-wise? Uh, it's after Prometheus. What I gathered was that at the end of Prometheus, right, there's Android Boy, and he, and what's her name, fly off in an alien ship yep. in one of the white people's ships, and yeah, they the g- white people fly ships. to the ho- <laughs> I don't know. We're going to have to come up with a <laughs> less racist name. <laughs> Do we, though? We didn't, it, I mean, we didn't
0: write the movie. I don't think we need to apologize true.
1: for it. It's true. Yeah. It, for all we know, that's the intention. Anyway, so they flew off to the, like mother land or whatever the home world to find out what the deal was with the creators and what i gathered from the preview was that they make it there at least and then i don't know everybody dies or a million years later or something a colony ship shows up
0: so this is supposed to bridge the gap between the prometheus and the the alien movies i guess
1: yeah exactly and i also read some stuff about how ridley scott was like reverted To his older style, which I guess should make you happy. I mean, probably everything you want to complain about Prometheus, he fixes in this new one. So a quick summary of the movie is that you have uh, these two scientists on Earth who, you know, are mucking around in caves. And they find that everywhere in every civilization was the same cave painting that depicted some, some big old humans teaching regular sized humans about the stars and pointing to a particular constellation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this sparks the, the entire movie in that this Wayland company finances an expedition to a star in that constellation where they make a, a, a sleeper ship and send this crew of pretty ragtag people to check it out. Uh, the big secret behind the movie is that Wayland himself is on the ship He's had himself in stasis for a while because he's really crazy old and this is like the last thing he wants to do before he dies. So Wayland is secretly on the ship. His daughter's ostensibly in charge. He has a son who is actually an android also on the ship kind of moving his agenda for him. Uh, And these two scientists are aboard. Anyway, and they get to the, the planet and they find no one there. And in fact, the only thing is just like a bunch of big facilities of unknown purpose so the crew you know lands they get down there they they check out the facility find that it is full of this nasty black ooze which once it's had contact with some of the crew all hell breaks loose they walk around on the ship and find indeed the creators were here this is a creator ship or the i don't know engineers i think they're called in the movie which yeah which are just big white people uh, Very white like re- yeah, really white pale people and anyway, they watched some like old video recordings of there had been some kind of emergency in the ship. It's kind of unclear what's going on, but after seeing all the black stuff stored here, they think you know some of the characters speculate that it's like a biological weapon and it it had been about to launch for Earth when this whole emergency went down and loaded with whatever this weapon, uh, it can be presumed that they were gonna go kill us they finally find a creator and when they wake him up and the creator goes berserk and kills Wayland and his son. And basically everybody dies at this point, except for uh, the female scientist who escapes the planet in one of the creator ships with the head of the Android. (laughs) Uh, And where the the final plan is that she's going to go find the creator homeworld and ask them, Uh, What did we do wrong? Why were they going to change their minds about us after having apparently seeded Earth with us and taught us to come here a long time ago?
0: Right. And and the alien connection was that at some point, the android David spikes a drink of the male scientist, who's a real douchebag. He spikes his thing. He gets sick and eventually gets all this black stuff in his veins and stuff similar to what we saw happen in the intro scene with the, the engineer killing himself. And anyway, he gets killed by the crew members on purpose he wants to die. But before that, he infects his wife, the female scientist, and she is suddenly three months pregnant with this thing, and she panics, manages to escape instead of being put back into stasis, and has a machine do surgery on her to remove the the thing which looks like a baby face hugger from Alien. Yeah. And then later on it ends up growing to be ginormous and then infects one of the the escaped engineer that was killing them it kills him and out of his stomach bursts a a small alien so not exactly like the alien alien's movie but they look very much the same and the 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 way that they're yeah. made and stuff looks similar but they're bigger and um yeah a little bit different I know this
1: was a big split for me uh, and I guess you know part of what people complained about, but in the previous alien movies, like we understood the biology, the like life cycle of these things pretty well. It was very consistent. Mm-hmm. You had a queen who would lay eggs out of which would jump face huggers, face huggers would plant you know something in a host, and then out of the host would burst a banana head <laughs> um, banana and head. in rare cases <laughs> in rare cases, a queen. Like happened to Ripley in the second and third one. What I'm saying though, like, so we knew the biology really well in the old movies. And then everything is just sort of skewed here. Everything's like a little off. It doesn't follow the same pattern that we saw in every other movie. The way I understand it is this all starts with the black tar, which comes out of the little uh, jars in this room. Which look Uh, like the egg
0: case things for the facehuggers.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, when you first get into that room, you see like it zooms in on someone's footprint and you see some like worms crawling around and they look like regular worms. I'm pretty sure they're meant to be regular worms. And then the black stuff starts coming out as a reaction to their being in the room, I guess. And you see a shot of the worms crawling in the black stuff. And then later when those other two guys show up, the worms have somehow mutated or whatever alien process has gone on and they are huge now they're like several feet long and capable of a form of face hugging and reproduction right Uh, they've also got the acid blood i mean so that's that's a bit different we've never seen that species exactly before and it seemed to do something to the worms which is totally new because they only ever focused on humans as far as we saw right i mean the other thing is the you know the banana had the Gets cut out of Numi, is a bit different looking. It's not the same style exactly as before. The face hugger, actually the face hugger that, okay, right, that thing bursts out of the white guy, but the face hugger that comes out of her is huge. Yeah, it grows to be the size of a room. M- monstrous. The biology here is all backwards. This really got me thinking, like we're dealing with a, a sort of more pure substance. This is like the, the original stuff. And what we had seen in all the other movies was like some very human specialized thing.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that could have been explored more if they had, I mean, it would have totally changed the pace of the movie and the focus of the movie. But if they had done some more sciencing, let's say, and they had found this stuff and were trying to study it and stuff, then you could have explored these questions a little bit without them necessarily knowing the connection to what it does, and so on. But I mean, you know, it's kind of missed that the, they stumble upon alien life, which, again, we don't know if they've already found alien life and other forms in this, in this movie universe, but, you know, they're all pretty unfazed by it. I mean, I think one of my main complaints about Prometheus was that it, it had, like, a very... I don't want to say s- strong, like, anti-science kind of thing, but it did in a way. You know, like, a lot of it was about belief, and you have to believe in this thing hmm. and there's literally a creator and that everyone apparently is crazy enough that they want to talk to. Like they won't be happy right. unless they literally talk to their creator. Hmm. I mean, I can understand for the old man, you know, that he's like a little bit out there and he kind of has this dream, this obsession. And that's like his hidden agenda. And that makes a lot of sense for his character. But then for like the other scientist people who are involved, to just like also totally buy into that seemed a little bit weird.
1: Right. There was that scene in the beginning when they were uh, explaining the mission after everyone woke up, uh-huh. and um, Numi or whatever her character's name is was saying, we're pretty sure that they created us, and the guy was like, you're going to throw out all of evolution right. just because of this? And she's like, yeah, well, that's what I believe. Right, yeah. Uh, there was were several Which was weird instances. because there was a pretty good scientific reason To believe that, which is that they looked just like us. There's these cave paintings of like big humans, which, contrary to all Star Trek and whatever universes, you know, it's probably really unlikely that you get (laughs) convergent evolution to hairless apes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, I mean, they could have explored that as an interesting question of how these scientists would have tried to cope with the idea of some sort of creator along with. You know the evolution; they already have evidence for on Earth. Right. It's not like it's a religious movie, you know. It's not like it's necessarily a creationist movie or anything. But I guess I didn't get a feel of, the, you know, there was no tension between belief and science and skepticism. I mean, at one point, the male scientist, who's like really aggressive and everything, he says the female one, "Don't be a skeptic," you know, when they're in the in the chamber with the the all the black ooze and stuff like that. And that was like really bothered me because I was like, they're supposed to be scientists. They're supposed to be skeptics. And I can understand online working in different contexts, but there it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. It really turned me off. Um, and the plot holes too were, I mean, that kind of stuff will always bug me. And in this case, there were so many plot holes you can, I guess I was more forgiving the second time because I knew there was a lot of plot holes and I didn't really harp on it like I did when I first saw it.
1: But okay, okay, but still, like what, what plot holes? Give me an example. Yeah, well, the
0: plot holes are, are mostly minor, I would, I mean, in the context of the whole movie, but they were just so glaring. Like, okay, the mapping guy, whose name I think was Fifield, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> makes no sense. But anyway, um, yeah, he and the other guy just, they decide to go back because they're freaked out by the aliens. They want to go back to the ship. And then they disappear. And then everyone else goes back to the ship because of the storm coming. And they realize that they never made it back, which is bizarre because they communicate so they decided not to talk to anyone for the whole time they were trying to head back. And it was the fucking mapping guy who got lost. Like, it makes no sense. I was no going to say, sense. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he even told them where to go at some point. He's like, oh, the probes say to go this way. And then he's the what? one who gets, uh, you know, that just, like,
1: was so Was this stupid. before or after he got high, though? Because they did make a point of that. That
0: No, he got high later when they were, oh, I don't know. I guess he was high the whole time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a good
0: That's a good point. I mean, you know.
1: You gotta have the sacrificial stoner in a monster movie, right? Like a... <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess
0: that's a point. But they didn't—they didn't connect it. If—if if that was the—the the point of it, they didn't really connect it. Because he does—I don't remember when the—the the whole uh, hotboxing his suit takes place. If it was early on, before, or if it was after they were trapped and he decided to just chill out, um, it might have been before. But you know, then there was this big gap in the movie, and it doesn't—he doesn't do anything else which makes him seem high. And then the other right. guy was totally fine. So. Yeah, fair enough. I, I remember that being a, a little jarring, too. Mm, minor things I did hmm. like on the topic of plot holes that perhaps are minor and I didn't like. <laughs> I did like the old man exoskeleton. I thought that was cool.
1: You mean when he went to visit the white guy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Old man Waylan gets this, like, exoskeleton thing That's to right. help him walk and stuff. And at the same time, he's still kind of decrepit. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It was a nice, like, nod to future but not inconceivable technology
1: right really although i mean what's the point of a body when you have you can build an android that good you know you'd think at that point they could probably just lop his old head off and put it on
0: (laughs) yeah it didn't it didn't uh i mean yeah that's another thing that was maybe tangential and they could have looked at more about how independent or not his his android was And again, the connection to the Alien movies where there's the one that doesn't go so well in Alien and then the one that does a bit better in Aliens but is still viewed very suspiciously by Ripley because she had the bad experience of the first one. Um, But I think that he, David, had a lot. I mean, it was obvious that he was kind of behind the scenes pushing things because of old man Wayland. But also it seemed like, you know, he had a lot of people were jabbing at him being not a real boy and all that. And it seemed like he clearly understood what the purpose of the alien installation was, of this weapon research, and they were going to wipe out Earth. And he kind of pushed along to see what would happen and actively tried to just get everyone killed, it seemed like, in some ways. You know, so I think a different kind of take on the plot is that he doesn't really like his creators or humans and kind of just pushes the right buttons to kind of use them as his own experiment to see what happens and let them all die.
1: That's a good thought. I mean, really, like you're saying everything played out the way he wanted it to. It seemed like it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the few things he does, right? Like the big plot things, like poisoning what's-his-name and, you know, inadvertently impregnating uh, Numi with the alien baby. I don't really see how Waylon could have ordered him to do that. Why would the old man... I mean, he was here to see the, the, the creators. I don't see what what would be the purpose for him to infect his crew i mean really the like the company the evil company purpose of like getting aliens and using them for their own benefit didn't exist yet they didn't know that yeah. the xenomorphs exist yeah. and so i think david was doing that on his own i think he was just wanted to see what would happen or was just pissed off I, right i don't know which yeah i think
0: i think that works well and i, I mean it, it is left ambiguous because he does like put on that weird blast helmet Thing and communicate somehow with uh, with the old man while he's still in stasis or you know in a coma or something right. like that, and you know he kind of is like he, in the one-sided conversation he's like yes I'll do whatever it needs or you know so it implies that he's gonna be doing some stuff but yeah you don't see how it connects necessarily to that which I think is nice it's a little bit mysterious it could be him you know he's he's made fun of and kind of pushed around a little bit by the humans and doesn't show any outward spitefulness but he does do this kind of scheming stuff so it's uh i think that's an interesting plot line
1: yeah he does say at one point too like don't all children like secretly want their parents to die right that's
0: right that's right and that and that to me really seals the whole like he was setting up everyone because he knew you know on and that interpretation where he wasn't told to do anything with the black ooze he figured out what it's for he knew that the ship was pointing to was going supposed to go to earth So he kind of knew what was going to happen. And so he must have figured, like, okay, he wake this guy up, and he was about to launch and destroy him on Earth, and then he sees some humans. He's not going to be like, hey, what's up?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was really curious about what did Fassbender say to the white guy? Right. You know, there's that scene where they wake him up, and then he just starts spouting a bunch of old-timey language, and the dude goes ballistic and kills everybody? Like, what did he say? Ah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. Th- I
0: think that too, that's a good, that's an interesting point. And again, good that they didn't subtitle and stuff because I think it works like that where, um, you know, was he accurately saying something or were you saying like, here are your people that you're going to kill, like you should just do it quickly before they figure it out. Right. But yeah. he also destroys David. So, um, you know, well, maybe he can't tell that he's not human.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I I did like that that you didn't know what he said. It, like that yeah. happens in some movies, you know, where you like the characters whisper something or whatever happens, and you don't know what was said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it that's like a very deliberate form of why I liked this movie. You know, there's some mm. purposeful obscuring of what what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't have any complaints about that sort of thing. I think we both. Uh, I think we have similar views on liking ambiguity and some, you know, open questions and some interpretation. Like, I have nothing against Prometheus for not answering all the questions that it put out there.
1: Speaking about the old movies, right, the, I think one thing that was clear, you know, we didn't know much about the the Xenomorph at all, but that it was like a perfect killing machine for humans. Like... I mean, and specifically for humans, this is important. So uh, I have a, a huge theory about what this black stuff actually is. And that's a big clue. The xenomorph, if it had showed up in the time of the dinosaurs, for example, might not have done so well. Right. Dinosaurs were way bigger, you know, than yeah. people. And, you know, I mean, you can imagine a whole slew, you know, of, of species that they wouldn't be perfect at killing at. But humans, they fit into our doorways. They, you know, (laughs) everything they do is sort of counters our natural strengths. Between that and and then watching this Prometheus movie where the black stuff has so many like seemingly random effects, depending on what it encounters. I got the idea that if you wanted to create a biological weapon that would exterminate a species, okay, not just subdue, you kind of want to tailor the weapon to the species, say i had a rat infestation i'm a person and i have like a a barn or something with rats everywhere in it
0: (laughs) you're describing the you know level one quest of every rpg ever but continue (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh
1: so anyway suppose i have a rat problem right there are like a few ways you can go about exterminating them right so and it to me all comes down to scale how effective you are so if you use a large scale weapon, you're going to you know what are you going to throw grenades at the barn or <laughs> I don't know. Right. It works,
0: but it's, it's a lot of yeah, damage. Yeah, but it Claddled but it down.
1: misses some, right? They're able to yeah. hide from a large scale weapon because it's not precise. So, then you can go, you know, small scale, right? So if I say release spiders in there to kill them, right? The the rats could build a tunnel that won't let the spiders through and then they're safe. Right? Like mm-hmm. the scale is wrong. My th- thought with the black stuff is that it tailors its scale to whatever you're trying to kill. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Whatever the black stuff touches, it does this weird form of reproduction where it takes some genes from that thing, gives it a bunch of extra advantages, I don't know, acid blood and so on and so forth, but makes like a sort of twisted version of that thing that's superior, but it's basically the same size. And this is like the perfect way to exterminate something. This is like, for the rats, this would be like you know people bred terriers to do this. Right. You had yeah. a, you had a dog that was the right size to go in there and kill him, But I mean, to a rat was like a banana head. It was like an impossible demon, <laughs> you know, that yeah. couldn't be stopped. Uh, so the, so this to me explains the worms and then, okay. you know, it, it, when it, when it has interactions with the whites, it makes basically big versions of the stuff that it would make for us. Cause the scale needs to be slightly larger, but yeah, you know, basically made the same, uh, mm-hmm type of things because we're the same species you know that was an interesting way i had never looked at you know (laughs) efficiently waging war
0: yeah trying to evolve the predator that exactly
1: i mean and in that sense this really is like a very well thought out biological weapon i mean it can be used against any species like it sort of does its own thing you just have to drop it seed it yeah. Anyway, so it it got really impressive to me when I started to think of it like that. And I I really I don't know if that was the intention, but it seems to fit.
0: Yeah, but it's also questionable. Like, I mean, if they're gonna send them to destroy Earth or take over Earth, does that mean they have a counter weapon, or are they just gonna leave that planet for the xenomorphs? They're just gonna like nuke it from space, which also would have killed all the people too. So.
1: Yeah. Why uh, would? Uh... <laughs> I think you're I more know. likely to kill all the people that way than all the xenomorphs too. Right. Yeah it's quite quite possible
0: um so yeah i mean maybe that's the part of what's going to be discovered in this next movie how that all fits together i don't know i think that's an interesting way to go but yeah it's i mean it's like that classic problem of you know you in, in, introduce some species to take care of something and then you have a problem because you've killed all that and now you have the species which right is at the top <laughs> of the food chain again right it's classic. totally yeah uh,
1: yeah, Australian maneuver. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Overall, I thought it was a very forgivable movie. Its flaws for the the amount that I got out of it. There's no better way really to kill one of these alien movies than by over-explaining. And I really have a an attachment to movies that leave stuff out on purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One the another one that comes to mind is is in War of the Worlds, right? This one, a uh, pretty recent one, the Spielberg one with uh tom cruise and a lot of people didn't like it or whatever and but i the thing that spoke to me about it was the aliens showed up and they started doing things like they were very busy aliens they were like sucking people up with straws and then spraying it all over the countryside (laughs) i haven't seen it and and i don't know they had like a giant anus thingy that sucked (laughs) people up and it was (laughs) it was really weird but and then there would be, like, vines that grew all over the place. And, and it didn't make any sense. Like, nobody could figure out what was going on. It was kind of like they were terraforming, but it wasn't really clear why they needed the blood of humans to do this. Right. Uh. Anyway, but the thing, I mean, I really liked it because uh, every time we imagine aliens, right, it's, it's, of course, comes from our own experience, right? That's how imagination works. Mm-hmm. And so you never really see an alien that, you know, can't, Be made sense of, you know, and isn't performing in some logical way. And I mean, sure, probably everything operates on, you know, some form of logic, but there's no real reason to expect we will understand it.
0: That's, and that's, you know, not to get sidetracked, but that was one of the really fantastic things about Arrival, was that the whole thing was built on the idea that you can't understand how these aliens communicate. And trying to figure it out and just the whole idea of them being completely different from basically anything else. Which, yeah, to your point is exactly the thing, that you don't see that enough. That this mystery of, you know, I mean, just trying to understand, you know, all the types of life you have on Earth. There's all sorts of things that are totally bizarre and don't make any sense. So, you know, it it is a, I think it's an interesting way for sci-fi stuff to go in is really pick something bizarre and different. And, of course, it's very difficult to come up with, but... um, yeah, then it leaves a lot yeah. open, and yeah, evening, I think which is cool.
1: Exactly, and you, I mean, there are lazy ways of doing this too, where you just didn't bother, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> making the story make sense, you know, and then it comes off like confusing and amazing, you know. But I think there's a sweet spot where you, yeah. you know, you, it, it, it seems like it could make sense, but it just doesn't quite fit together, which, which is what I really like.
0: I mean, I, I do. I'm a fan of that kind of type of storytelling with some thought yeah. and background behind it, right? Like you said, it can't just be like you don't know yeah. anything.
1: Yeah, right? which is I think the really good example of of that is with Lost. Yeah. Did you I was watch Lost? Yeah, too. exactly. Oh man, like because it all starts. Together. It starts with that same feeling, right? Like you feel like there's really some purpose behind this, but you just can't quite add it up, you know? And maybe which there was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a great feeling, but like by the time lost finishes if you watch those like big long clips of of unfinished threads yeah i think we watched those together at some point it's insane yeah like (laughs) most of the stuff led nowhere and it really gives you the impression that they were just throwing out random stuff and they didn't really know where it was going right which is the lazy way of making this work and i mean it works for a little while it's just kind of unsustainable
0: yeah, it catches up. You just keep on digging and digging and you don't know where you're
1: going and it's just a big <laughs> exactly, mess. Exactly, exactly. Um, but I, I imagine it's really hard to write a story, come up with something that ties it all together and then not tell us. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, that takes an incredible amount of you know self-control to, to withhold that. Yeah, I, I,
0: I, I would can definitely see that. Yeah, um, so
1: I, I imagine that you know the the number of times that we see this type of storytelling, uh, you know, out of the times that they they don't tell us, I bet mostly it's because they don't know, <laughs> not because <laughs> they knew and they they yeah. they held it back. I bet I bet it's almost like an overwhelming urge. You have yeah. to put in the final revelation scene. That's why you always see these like Bond movies or whatever, where the last scene is the villain explaining the entire thing. <laughs> right right. there's no other way to get it out there but they have to tell us you know yeah so are you excited to see alien covenant (laughs) yeah actually i i don't know judging by the reviews i would have hated prometheus too so (laughs) we're not gonna take anything seriously until i see it Uh, and if they can i mean they still have most of the cast right like they're gonna at least show Noomi and the head of What's-His-Face show up to this the other planet. I,
0: you know, they may have taken the body because she threw the body off of the ship as they were leaving, but I don't know if they brought it, if she bothered dragging it to the other ship.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't
0: remember if you see it attached to the go-kart thing or what. <laughs> I hope it's just a head. I don't know. That would be pretty awesome.
1: Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. We've got to go out, see the movie, and report back. And if the movie
0: sucks, I blame you, Brandon. Good. That's it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time.